Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in. Time to go on a Wednesday morning. December 1st is here. Some might say the unofficial beginning of winter. The beginning of meteorological winter. Yet, nonetheless, here we stand poised for a 67 degree day with some sunshine. And eh, it's going to be way warmer than that tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow, if you hadn't heard, looks like if forecasts hold tomorrow, it is going to be the warmest day ever in Lincoln, Nebraska in the month of September. December. Yeah. What did I say? September. What an idiot. <laughs> Jeez. I, I built this up is, that entire thing. This is that more enti- like September weather, though. I built up that entire thing to to bring this piece of information to our listeners, <laughs> and then I just blow it at the end. I'm no, sorry. Yes. <laughs> the warmest temperature ever recorded in the month of December. Yeah, a little Freudian slip there. But yes, the uh, tomorrow is going to feel, I don't even know if September, it's going to feel like, uh, it's going to feel like late May or June uh, here on, uh, on Thursday. So, so how warm is it going to be tomorrow? Se- I, upper se- 75 is what I've got in front of me right now. 75 is what I have in front of me right now. So we'll see. And then, but I mean, we still don't get, we cool off a little bit at the beginning of next week, but we're flirting with the 60s already by the end of next week again in the Extendo forecast. So, so we'll uh, we'll take it. We will. Or I'll take it at least. Maybe you guys don't like the it. One, the one thing that I will say this helps is our heating bills. That's right. With uh, pr- uh, fuel prices going up, you know this is uh, th- this is the quintessential weather. For my wife and I, when we're in the car together, to disagree <laughs> no. on the, th- the the car temperature, you disagree with the car temperature all the but time. This is the worst. This this seems to be the worst, and and, and otherwise, you know, uh, a, a nice day. And and I'll tell you what, when I don't know how it happens, I'll do a what chaps right early, okay, on this one. I don't know how it happens, but whatever time, we, whenever we take a trip anywhere to visit the in laws or to go go up to a, a basketball game or uh, any kind of a trip that we go on, it never fails that the driver's side, the side that I'm on, I'm usually driving, is the one in the sun, and hers is in the shade. I don't know how we time it that that happens every time, and that just exacerbates the... I mean, and then this isn't a small disagreement. Okay, this on, is major stuff. This is, this is well, just the the gap in there. She will have blankets on she will i mean she will have just layers layers and the heavy layers on pretty heavy layers and i will i will have dressed knowing that this was going to be an issue i'll have the cargos on i will want the air on full blast she will want the heat on full blast it's not like this is not like we're just a notch or two away from one another it's i don't know how i don't know how she can get that cold in these situations then i got the sun coming through on me and and i'll tell you what the next car, I'm probably still four years away from from uh, getting rid of moving on to a new car. But uh, my next one, the first thing I, I mean, forget the test drive, forget what kind of engine that it has, forget any of that. First question about it is going to be, do you have dual temperature control? Yours doesn't. No, 
Ooh. It doesn't. Now, hers does, but we usually drive mine when we go on longer trips. Dual temperature is pretty awesome. Heated seats are pretty awesome. Don't like those. Why? Makes me feel like I peed my pants. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you I'm, clearly have more experience peeing your pants. You know what that feels like that, than I that do. That may be true. <laughs> I, no, warm, I, I like the, the oh, warm, I warm buns are nice. Yeah. She, yeah, she loves those too in, in her car, but I turn them off. And then I'll now, get the heated steering wheel. When yeah. that thing gets heated, I'm like, all right, I got to turn you off. Yeah. Now, now, now I got to put gloves yeah, on. She loves that stuff. Warm. I don't need all those features. You can keep those. You can keep those. Just give me dual temperature control and some good loudspeakers I can bump through town with. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Which you can do. Your Bluetooth phone? In your do vehicle? I, do I have a Bluetooth phone? Yeah, do, you need, do, I, do, do, I, do I have Bluetooth? Yeah, I have that. That would be another big thing, but I think that'll be standard on everything by the time I buy a car in three years, so I'm not too worried about that. Just a minute ago, you said four years. What is it? Four years. Sorry, four years. I forgot I what mean, year it is. Okay, 2025. I bought it in 2015. I try and do every 10 years. I'm trying to stick to a... a, a, a I think I, I, I love my strategy with cars. Buy, buy it slightly used, right? run it to the ground for 10 years. You know, if you get a ding in it, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Not a huge I'm not reselling anything. To get hopefully, I don't know, 150, 175,000 miles on it over 10 years. Trade her in, get a little value for that. Start on over with something that's slightly used. Um that's my uh that's my way that's my way to do. It. I had somebody tell me, this is crazy. I can't remember who I was talking to last weekend. But they said, here's how crazy the used car market is right now. Oh, it's That there was somebody who bought a used car, not I can't remember how long it was, but I'll say a year to 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Not long. They bought a used car. Drove it during that time. And for whatever reason, had to... Uh, had to sell it and got more for it and than they, they paid. They made they made a profit on it. <laughs> yeah, the but used market is really it on was, fire. It was like it's like a uh, it's like an investment in a home right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it is a seller's market for used cars right now. So anyhow, uh, all right. What's going on in the news today, Mark Vale? COVID risk dial remains mid-orange. All right. No and 16 deaths during the month of uh, November. One more reported yesterday. Okay. No no change in the mandates. Okay. Um, still trying to get information about Omicron. Okay. Well, let's see. What else? All right. Accident, so not accident. much happening there. Well, you know, I mean, same, 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 same kind of stuff. Doing for uh, Matt Oberding in the Journal Star did a pretty good article. It's a uh, front-page article on... The statistics that Pat Lopez showed yesterday, I saw the news conference, she did give the stats. He, he really dug into them deep as to uh, the case count per 100,000 people and how uh, Lancaster County is doing much better than other locations. Well, I mean, that that's what they continually have asked of them about the mask mandate, including by myself, is that, hey, if... if Things aren't much different here than, say, Douglas County or all these places that don't have a mask mandate. Why do you keep going with it? So it's interesting. Yeah, uh, it, it, I haven't gotten entirely through the article, but right. uh, he, he goes into pretty in-depth uh, discussion on it. I uh, pulled up Chancellor Ronnie Green's statement yep. that he he finally responded. Took him a, took him a while to respond. It what, seemed like to almost three weeks, thing. two weeks. Is uh, it that long? It, it, oh, was, yeah. it was quite quite a while. Uh, but he put out a statement yesterday responding to the governor and others who have been critical of the commitment to action. Uh, on on equity 
uh, just opens up the statement by saying, I do not believe that UNL is racist. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, He goes on to say, critical race theory is not mentioned anywhere in this plan. We have said this before. Critical race theory is not imposed on this campus, nor will it be. Nothing in this plan changes that. Recruiting more diverse candidates for faculty and staff has nothing to do with quotas. It's about getting diverse candidates for a job and then hiring the most qualified person. He does go on to say that he apologized to the regents for not fully engaging them in the development of the plan before rolling it out. Um, he say I take responsibility for that. He says he should have engaged the board in detailed dialogue about what we heard and learned in the diligence and conversations which led to the plan and ensure clear articulation of our intentions, which we will do going forward. So that's the crux of it. You can you can read the whole thing. You can find it there. But that's what Ronnie Green had to say yesterday. And I will... he, re- he really didn't, though, address directly. Uh, the two senators or the governor on this, he just kind of explained the... Right, correct. Yes, he, that, that, I mean, he indirectly responded to some of the yep. arguments that were right. being put forth, most prominently that it was a it was discrimination, reverse discrimination, essentially, and that it was involved with critical race theory in, in some way. So he responded to that... Um, you know, this whole thing is just kind of a stalemate, though, guys. Like, what exactly? This is what I was talking to Joe Jordan about yesterday. Talking to Joe Jordan uh, regarding yesterday is that, you know, the president isn't going to remove the chancellor unless he changes course directly of, of what he said. And I don't know that there's, you know, a real groundswell at all within the university community to do that. And so that that's not going to happen. So now what do we have? Just uh, a really damaged working relationship between the the state government, portions of the state government and the university? Like, I don't... We get it. Like, I mean, we essentially get it. And I guess the, the, the governor and, and some of the state senators are wanting the public to make their feelings known. Um... To, to the university. Yeah, the, the Board of Regents meet Friday, and the and, uh, yeah, governor are, and, and the two senators are encouraging people to show up or to um, let the oh, regents they will. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, it, but, I, but but Mark, I guess what I'm what I'm saying, and that, pro- that will happen, I'm sure there'll be testimony, extensive testimony there at this point, but... You know, is it what like what's next? What I mean, what else is left other than a stalemate? And they they've got this place where they're in disagreement. Yeah, the, that's thing. that's the question. The, the next step will be uh, when the legislature meets and and they talk about funding. Yeah, that's going to be the next big it, discussion. And point. I'd posit that this is a incredibly unhealthy thing for everyone in the state for this to be. Oh, absolutely. To be this sort of at this stalemate level and not actually having dialogue about this um i'm surprised that it that it got out into the public public, and it's just happening so fast yeah that it's all happening publicly like this it's a bad look whatever you think of these policies this is a this is a bad deal for i think everybody involved in the state yeah, so, I mean, it would have been better if they just fought it out on social media (laughs) well kind of the parts of it were but yeah so anyway, that's the uh, latest on that. You can uh, you can see that statement by Chancellor Ronnie Green. Um, Caleb, what do we? It's been, you know I kind of expected this like 
the, the, this avalanche of news the beginning of this week when it comes to Nebraska football, whether it be major transfer news, major coaching hire news, and been able been to a, snooze right through it. Been a couple you? of minor things, but we're still waiting really for much of anything major. Well, yeah, stuff's happening. happening everywhere else in college football. Right, yeah, and that's. Um, I'm curious if that's having an impact on on some of these coaching searches. It sounded like Trev indicated that last yeah. night on KLIN. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things that, yeah, I think Nebraska still could have gone and found a guy, but as as crazy as this coaching carousel is right now, I'm happy Nebraska's just searching for assistance because um, I'm not sure what that coaching search would look like. We, we looked back on what that coaching search was like post-Frank Solich, I think it would be just as wild, if not wilder, right now. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame is number six in the college football playoff rankings, and they still have a chance at playing in the playoff and lost their head coach this week. Yeah. So there, there are things that are very strange happening. No no updates on the assistant coaches. You did have one player enter the transfer portal, Marvin Scott the third. Didn't really play a whole lot. Sort of started and, playing at the end of the year. Right. He <laughs> Yeah, he, he just played in four games. So he can technically use a red shirt this year, and he'll have three years to play wherever he ends up. Um, but, yeah, all of a sudden, wait, that that's Marvin Scott. In the game against Iowa, what 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 is even Scored happening? Scored a touchdown anymore? against Wisconsin, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. So you you go through and you look and you're like, that running back room. So they lost Scott. They lost Savion Morrison earlier this year. You just have no idea what you had there because the offensive line play wasn't really great, and you had this mentality from the coaching staff that if someone did something wrong, you were done for like the next yeah, month. That, um, so that, that running back room has has its own issues, and I'm not surprised to see a couple of guys end up in the portal from there. And these aren't going to be the last guys that end up in the portal for the entire team. Um, they're not going to be the only guys in the portal. There's a lot of guys in the portal across the country. Uh, Nebraska is going to take advantage of some of those guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, it worked out with Samori Toure this past year. There, there's some other guys that can be stories like that. And um, but then you have some like Marquis Step came to campus, and we went. I thought we were going to see a lot more of him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, over the course of this year. Yeah. Well, whatever's happening with the personnel stuff in the running back room, hopefully that is. That's going to get changed for next year, but yeah. So nothing, nothing on Adrian Martinez. Nothing on uh, anything firm with assistant coaches. There's a lot of names out there right now. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, rumors out there right now, but it, it sounds like they're kind of uh, in limbo or at least on hold a little bit while they're waiting for other dominoes to fall there. According right. to uh, to Trev, you oh. did have the uh, Big Ten announced all Big Ten teams on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you had JoJo Doman, Cam Taylor, Britt both end up second teams. Several other guys honorable mention. Feel like Nebraska maybe got snubbed on on a few, but like who? Well, I I thought Deontay, Deontay Williams, Williams played really yeah. well. I, I thought he could have been a guy. Oh, yeah. who, Nelson or Reimer. Yeah, like there there are some other guys that could have been um, either on honorable mention or yeah. on at least the third team. But you have to remember this as a team ended up with just the one win, and that 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 hurts. Yeah. Um, guys, when you're looking at postseason awards, offensive guys will be announced today. I do expect Austin Allen to be on there. Let's hope so. But <laughs> neither here nor there now, I right. suppose. But for him, that'd be a nice honor to have. All right. That's what we got going on today. It's What Chap Shied Wednesday, guys. You were ready to let it fly. I already got a text in. Uh, Midtown Dave, we've done this segment for years. He has one of the best ones that that I always come across and I never think of bringing up on What Chap Shied Wednesday. And so, kudos to him. Uh, we'll we'll uh, mention that one coming up at 710. You can also be a part of that. You've got something that's chapping your hide. You want to get off your chest? 
Uh, maybe find some people who agree with you along the way. Shoot us a text with the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Or get on that Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. Also going to talk to the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra today, plus John Bishop. Busy day here on the show at 625. We'll take a break. 41 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. You're busy working all day while our work is keeping you informed. Get the daily from KLIN sent to your email every afternoon for the day's top local and Husker news. Sign up for free at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. It is time, and by the way, it is what chaps your eye to Wednesday. Text in the... We're getting some good chaps on the text line already. You guys get it. You guys get it. Uh, The Rick Stein Recognition text line is 402-479-1400. And I promise, I know last week on Chaps Giving, I just completely... Like forgot about you, Facebook commenters. You filibustered the Facebook. I forgot page. the Facebook page. I don't know how how robust the discussion was there. Uh, I haven't checked since I posted it. I'll go look. You, well, I'll make sure and not. We love our Facebook posters. That's uh, that's on. Netted. I do have a chap, and I cannot wait. Ooh, to get I'm excited. To it. We got two really good one on the text line. It's it, we're into the holiday season we're now. In hot in Woo! December. Woo! And we don't have any. We won't have any hot girl one. winter. We're not, and we won't have any weather ones. Usually you got me. Usually this time of year you got me whining. I know. You got me whining about the weather. That Are you comes sure? In the because someone might be saying, hey, it's December. I want, I want to get a head start on that white yeah, Christmas. That's true. That's true. I, I have a hard time getting in the mo- Now I am past my ban, my family's ban on, on Christmas music when I'm in the room. Oh, like, oh, I know because you are sending me screenshots of you just driving around listening to Christmas music. So, so I'm, I'm, but I, it's not working. Like it's not triggering that like uh, serotonin blast or whatever is supposed to happen because because I'm wearing cargo shorts and right. the windows are down and I pulled up I, don't a, know. I, I pulled up a it, Spotify playlist the other day. Because um, I was like, okay, it's after Thanksgiving. I'm just going to play a little Christmas music, sit behind our fireplace yeah. that I don't need to have going right now because it's still nice. And I went, all right, this one says best Christmas music. Two of the first five songs were by Sia. And I was like, that is, I feel like you guys oh, are diving into My kids into love a, that album. Like, you guys are diving into a different genre here. Wait, that I, hold on, not that they were, like, bad. Like, she was singing classics, but still. I know we said Request Line Friday is just going to be open for this Friday, but maybe it should have been warm weather Christmas songs. <laughs> Like the uh, Melikalikimaka. I don't know. Dreaming of a song. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know if there's enough songs in that genre to do an entire request line Friday with it. But like the Jimmy Buffett version of Melikalikimaka is is one that I'm. I'm gonna sit on the deck and listen to that tomorrow. Maybe enjoy a margarita. Like a what, like a cinnamon margarita or something? I don't eggnog margarita. <laughs> We'll we'll just do the uh, the Luke Bryan version of Christmas songs. <laughs> All right, we better do. Yeah, some... Just play the Beach Boys Christmas album. Better do <laughs> some red. sound off. Well, there's no way to make this transition, so I'm just going to plow right through. But a major Supreme Court 
challenge to Roe versus Wade will be heard today by the judicial panel. A Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy would alter a legal precedent for abortion first put in place by the 1973 Roe v. Wade case prohibiting limits on the procedure up to the third trimester. Lower courts have struck down Mississippi's law. The state argues a viability rule set by Roe is not workable and precedent should be overturned. Women's health clinics are challenging the Mississippi law and say the court has an unbroken line of decisions over the last 50 years, guaranteeing each person the right to decide whether to continue a pre-viability pregnancy. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. And you're, you're going to have, what will happen today is everybody's going to listen to the questions that were asked by the panel and try and d- decide if they know where the justices stand. And may, you know, maybe thing will, will, everything will go according to chalk, so to speak, meaning that each justice will vote the way that they expect them to, and they will they will overturn it, but that hasn't always been the, the predictable case with this Supreme Court so far, so uh, we will see today, but it'll be a, a while till you actually have a decision on that as well. Um, all right, what else do we you see this? Uh, we got another uh, celebrity running for, uh, running for office, oh, who actually, this time... Dr. Oz. Daytime TV host Dr. Oz says he's running as a Republican for the open U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania. He was on Fox's Hannity last night. America's in crisis. That's not news. Our values are under attack. So I want to serve America in its time of need. But Oz may face controversies as medical claims he's made on his show are often under fire. The British Medical Journal published a study in 2014 that said nearly half of his advice is contradicted by evidence or isn't supported by evidence at all. Jill Nato, Fox uh, News. Sounds like he's going to fit in in I Washington. Was, I was going to say, <laughs> is that, does that going to hurt him politically? I don't think so. At least among some people. Uh, I, know, I know we're doing sound off, but I got it. we had a really good text. What's that? Jeremy says, only warm weather song I can think of is Christmas in July by Shaver. Shaver, 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 Christmas in July. <laughs> Uh, Schaefer's hits request line Friday. <laughs> for for the huge portion of this audience that spends all of their primetime TV watching on CNN, I hope you can hear the sarcasm dripping off my lips. <laughs> but maybe some of you do. It's going to look a little bit different in the, uh, in the coming weeks. CNN finally taking action against its star anchor after learning he played a much larger role in his brother's sexual misconduct defense than he previously admitted. The network extending Anderson Cooper's show by an hour to cover Cuomo's time slot. Cooper briefly mentioned that Cuomo was suspended indefinitely pending an investigation. CNN statement saying in part, quote, these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. The move comes after top talent, including Jake Tapper, reportedly pressured the network to pull Cuomo off air over scathing exhibits released by the New York Attorney General's office. Man, don't miss not watching cable news. That is uh, one of the one of the pure joys of my life is not watching any of the cable news channels and just living life without them. Uh, I'd encourage you to try it sometime. Um, moving on, inflation update. 
How big a deal is this? How is it going to impact us in the coming weeks and months? Let's find out some more on it. Factors are pushing inflation higher, and this will linger well into next year. And Powell says we need to stop using the administration's preferred term to describe it. The word transitory, to many, it carries a time, a sense of uh, of short-lived. We use it to mean that it, that it won't leave a permanent mark uh, in, the, in the form of higher inflation. I think it's it's probably a good time to retire that, that uh, word. Inflation has soared 6% and the supply chain remains bottlenecked, but the White House still maintains inflation will eventually fall. This as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen sounded the alarm that things can get even worse if lawmakers do not lift the debt ceiling by December 15th. Hey, don't use the word transitory, okay? Get around, you, you get around the Christmas dinner table in a few weeks and you're breaking down the economic situation with uh, Grandma and uh, Weird Uncle Jeff. And uh, and, you, and you don't be tempted to say this is a transitory inflation situation. Did okay? he say short-lived? Uh, short-lived, yes. Short-lived, short-lived. Because everybody's going to jump on you right away and they're going to say, wait, as I take this bite of ham... Let me assure you that what you are saying is implying that this is not going to have permanent impacts in the economy. So I would prefer if you retire the term transitory, especially during this Christmas dinner. So what do you guys think about gun control? (laughs) Uh, All right. What else do we have? Hey, uh, apparently there's a uh, new... Like at home drug that you're uh, going to be able to take for uh, to to help with COVID. Uh, Merck put this one out, but but the FDA wasn't necessarily unanimous on it. So let's find out a little bit more about this. After discussing data that showed Merck's COVID pill was less effective than first announced, the panel of 23 advisory FDA scientists backed the new drug 13 to 10. Dr. Shankar Swaminathan explained why he voted no. The risk of mutagenic effects on the patient is not firmly established or characterized. And given the large potential uh, population affected, the risk of widespread effects on potential birth defects, especially delayed effects on the male, has not been adequately studied. In fact, even some who voted to allow Merck's drug to proceed suggested limiting it to certain high-risk individuals and keeping it from pregnant women in most cases. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. All right, so uh, a close 13 to 10 uh, vote there that did get passage, but there were some people who were opposed to it there. Uh, Then there's this. You know, we talk about uh, vaccine mandates uh in in very of course there's the whole litigation going on about the the healthcare vaccine mandates but then there's what's happening in some other countries where the things that they're implementing are way more stringent than are even being seriously discussed anywhere here in the United States. Greece's Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis says COVID-19 vaccines will be mandatory for everyone over the age of 60. Those who refuse face monthly fines of $65. The Prime Minister said he'd been tortured by the decision. But he said it's necessary to protect people. Just under two-thirds of Greece's population is fully vaccinated. It's the first EU country to target a specific age group. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. You gotta, you gotta cut a check every month for 65 bucks. Right? You can't spend on euros. Or 
other Greek stuff. Yogurt. Those sorts of things. Um, lamb. Just just lamb. Just, I'm, I'm not getting vaccinated, uh, so I'm going to have to give up lamb for the year. Um, but interesting to see that they're going that aggressively with that and then splitting it out by age. Uh, remember the story about the uh, missing Chinese tennis star? Yeah. And then they were yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, they, they she did like a Zoom interview yeah, with the, the IOC. IOC. <laughs> and why is the IOC doing interviews? What's going on here? So apparently she's okay. But like nobody really believes that. And again, what are you doing, IOC? Why are you trying to convince us that she's okay? Isn't the IOC just uh, AOC's cousin? No, that's, no, a, that, that's uh, incorrect. Uh, no, okay. Uh, anyway, let's get an update on uh, on exactly what's happening here, if, if she's been seen or heard from. The European Union now calling on the Chinese government to provide verifiable proof of the well-being and whereabouts of Peng Shui. International outcry continues as no one has heard directly from the Chinese tennis champion since she took to social media in early November with an accusation of sexual assault levied against a top Chinese Communist Party official. The EU adding that they want Beijing to, quote, conduct a full, fair, and transparent investigation into her allegations of sexual assault. Chinese state media and the International Olympic Committee have claimed to have had contact with Peng, though video chats with the tennis star have not been released to the public. Matt Napolitano, wait, Fox News. Wait, so there wasn't actually video of the IOC thing? What is going on? I mean, listen, there's no real surprise to me that the 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 Chinese regime, if a if a woman comes out and makes these allegations about someone in leadership, unfortunately, that's not surprising to me that she disappears, right, right? Uh, and isn't able to do those. But the thing that I can't believe about the whole thing, or maybe I should, is that the International Olympic Committee becomes basically a branch of what looks like disinformation from the Chinese government here to say, oh, hey, don't worry. This athlete, which we're all about, this athlete is just fine. And we had a chance to talk to her, and you can't see the video. What? Like, like, I, what was was audio? Was like just audio was out there? I, that was the first time I heard. I mean, that report there was the first I had heard that the video hadn't been there hadn't been any video released because there because so. there are some very famous people that. Like, you could do an interview, like, you could call up and, and do a Zoom interview with LeBron James. And I would recognize that voice. But if I don't see the video, and you just had someone impersonating him, am I supposed yeah. to believe you actually talked to LeBron James? Yeah. Um, I mean, legit, the, the Olympics shouldn't be there. No! I, I mean, they really shouldn't. That the the but that's why, especially that's, with this one that's <laughs> ne- that's next month yeah which is why they're doing this which is it, absolutely why they're doing this the IOC right? is just trying to cover all of the the costs they've already put into this so, I mean yes exactly because th- what a PR nightmare if they go into Beijing and they're holding this woman who made these accusations and th- and who's an athlete mm-hmm. right. And that becomes the huge story. It's in their vested interest to say, oh, wait, everything's fine. This isn't a thing. In fact, we'll just, you know, get in in touch with the Chinese government, who we obviously had to be working with to Mm -hmm. get the Beijing Olympics going, just to diffuse this story a little bit. Meanwhile, where is she? 
And I think the IOC is panicking a little bit on just wanting these games to happen on schedule because of what happened with COVID and pushing back the Tokyo games. Yeah. They just want them to run so they can get the financial windfall. That is the Olympics. Granted, it's the Winter Olympics. They're not as financially beneficial as the Summer Games. But still, they are putting those profits ahead of what seems like a real concern. I I predict there are going to be maybe some, from around the world, some pretty serious boycotts and pressure put on by athletes. Well, I thought even before this, there was the the opportunity that folks were going to boycott, that the right. United States well, yeah, for was other, possibly It's not like there aren't other reasons, too. Right. I don't want to minimize all the other things that are happening there. This is just obviously for, for, catch, catching the headlines right now. And but, it's just related to athletics. Right, but th- there's a lot of other uh, human issues that, that have been going on that have right. caused people concern ahead of this. Yes. All right, yeah. We've been talking about human rights violations in China for decades. All right, we'll take a break. 6.52, and uh, we'll talk to a cop after this. Got a new one. Those scam phone calls people get. You hear about people getting built out of money and those sorts of things. How prevalent are they? When do they happen? Why do they happen? We can get into that a little bit with uh, Officer Chad coming up next on KLIN. Foster. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Now, uh, before we before we uh, get going on crime stops, a little leftover from uh, Top Five Tuesday, because uh, Officer Chad came in and he said, "I've got something to chef in my hide right off the bat." And, yes. And so, why don't you? you we're, we're ten minutes away from the segment. Why don't you kick it off here? <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> You say it to the entire city. All right. What chaps my hide? Yes. Is people that don't agree <clears throat> that National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is the greatest Christmas movie ever, hands down. I had him number one. There no discussion needed. Yeah. Agree. Uh, unless someone I disagrees. I don't feel like it's a crime to still have it in the top two. You added it too. The people who say it's bad, I just don't. The people and, who didn't even have it in their top five? Yeah. That's just uh, wrong. Those are people I don't feel like I want to spend time with socially. It, I, I the, think the, the people that rank uh, Christmas Vacation too low and the people that rank Die Hard at all. <laughs> See, and I actually Die just Hard. had that discussion with my wife. Die Hard made the top five of our composite I, rankings. I, I can give it a top ten. Okay. That that I could see. I, Where do I the Harry know. Potter movies rank for you? I don't it's even not, watch them. <laughs> no. Can't. I think Chad and I are pretty much, we're pretty much in sync on this thing for okay. the most part. Yeah, I don't think Harry Potter's even, yeah, sorry. I, 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 Harry Potter movies I'm are not, even gonna tell not, you. not only more of Christmas movie, every single one of them, than Die Hard. Wait they a are, Each Wait. one is significantly better than Die Hard did on its own the, merits. Did you hit him in the head last week know. while I was gone? I what were know. you even going to ask him? This I was in the wrong <laughs> age group to ever see or care about Harry Potter either. Thank I was, you. I might, so, Just I, a couple of muggles. Now, a lot I... Of, I suffered through a Harry Potter with my oldest daughter. Yeah. And I do mean suffered. <laughs> I, it was far from my favorite movie. I'm sure there are people out there that like it. She's also a Doctor Who fan. Okay. I've, yeah, Doctor Who. There we go. Oh, jeez, there's more of them. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. So I want to ask you. <laughs> we're going to talk Whovians after No, this. we're not. <laughs> so I want to talk to talk to you about this. Just uh, What do you guys come across when when you get... Calls and reports of, we see reports every once in a while of somebody getting built of a, a scam or a phone call, and especially, um, you know, people who say, call and say, hey, it's your grandson. My grandmother called me once, and she, she yep. thought I had called her, and she was crying, and I was like, this is terrible. I was so furious. What do you, what kind of stuff do you see with that? Uh, I'm guessing that she was told you were probably locked up in jail, Something and she like had that. to go get a bunch of money mm-hmm. to get you out. Um, the police, sheriff, any legitimate law enforcement agency will never call you to tell you your loved one is in jail and that you need to go through 
any step whatsoever to get them out. All right, you will get a phone call directly from your loved one. So if you get a phone call saying, hey, this is so-and-so with the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office or the Lincoln Police Department, um, your son, daughter, husband, wife, brother, uncle, whoever's been locked up, we need you to stay on the phone with us and go to Walgreens and get gift certificates to pay their bond or their bail. Mm -hmm. Total scam. Um, First off, the jail will not accept a gift certificate or a gift card to get a loved one out of jail. That's just not how it happens. Um, You also cannot be made to pay any fees whatsoever if you win a lottery. You also cannot play foreign lotteries. It's not legal to do so. Um, If you truly inherit something from an uncle that you didn't know existed, you cannot be made to pay a fee to collect your money or your inheritance. Uh, If any of this stuff happens to you, if you get these phone calls, quite honestly, the best thing you can do, hang up. Um, It's not rude to hang up on these folks because, to be quite honest, they're really trying to mess you over and, and take your money that they don't deserve. Or, if you're me, keep them on the line as long as you can <laughs> to prevent them from harming others. Legally, of course. I I may do a few things <laughs> when telemarketers call that my wife doesn't appreciate as well. Um, when, 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 somebody, when they propose an offer to me, I consider it a negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> that, quite honestly, sounds like the lawyer coming out of you. <laughs> oh, man. I have made someone regret that they spent their time doing that at all. All right, real quick. we got to get to the Crime Stoppers. Sorry. Right. Too much movie talk. Oh, I understand. All right. Uh, first one we have a fireworks fuhrer we're going back a little bit to july 4th this person went to the fireworks tent at southview christian church it was being run by a local scout troop took off with about 75 dollars worth of fireworks ran to his black suv but got caught by one of the people working the stand they got all their stuff back but this person got away so we'd kind of like figure out who he is uh the other one goes back to september 24th home depot we had two people go in filled up a couple shopping carts the male suspect acted like he was paying for some of the items while the female wheeled out her cart. He then grabs his cart, goes out to the car. They got away with about $3,400 worth of stuff. Okay. Check it out at LincolnCrimestoppers.com. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Not a problem. We'll take a break. 7 o'clock. Kale and Lincoln. The phone banks are full. The text line keeps buzzing in my pocket. The Facebook page has all sorts of notification. You are all ready to tell us what chaps your hide. Yes, it's... Your chance to get that little thing that maybe nobody else wants to hear about off of your chest. And frankly, it will be freeing. You will feel lighter than air, and you'll be a more pleasant person to be around. What chaps your hide Wednesday? That's the theory. We believe in it, and we are ready to open it up to you. So let's do that. Phone goes first. We'll get to your uh, texts and Facebook posts as well. And we will start with that, Paul. Good morning, that, Paul. What's chapping your hide? Uh... I'm hoping you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving because it's been all downhill from there. <laughs> Listening to the Huskers on Friday? Yeah. Our first clue should have been that they, because they call it Black Friday. But that isn't what's chapping my hide. I keep hearing people whine about Christmas music, and it's only the first of December. Sure, we all know that one Scrooge who will go so far as banning Christmas songs. And while I, too, have grown tired of hearing Christmas don't be late by those dang chipmunks, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth and that god-awful, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. 
Uh, I just want to say to everyone who's complaining, what part of change the station don't you get? <laughs> you don't like what's coming out of the radio? Change the station! Play a CD! Pop in a cassette! Mark, explain that one to Caleb. Cassette? Oh, yeah. Do something! But quit complaining about something you can easily fix! I gotta go. Uh, hey, I had a Def Leppard cassette growing yeah, up, yeah. alright? Uh, everybody misages Caleb. It's 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 very sad. People have no idea how old I am. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bet you never owned an 8-track. Uh, I did not. Uh, by the way, real quick, since Steven... <laughs> that, that's where you find me. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, a two-vehicle crash at 40th and South Street blocking the southbound lane. Lincoln Police are on the same. That's from Steven. He's chapped because he d- didn't get through when uh, he called and got a voicemail and sent a text, and it didn't go on the air. We, we were doing I, many, many, many things in here. So I was still in the newscast, and Chris had trying, just walked in. So I'm sorry that he's chapped. We're trying to, to do everything here. We he's didn't got mean it. to no. ignore it, but thank you. Uh, all right, back. To the phones. All right. Next online is Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. How are you doing? Good morning. Fine. Actually, that Paul could usually simply keep his uh, radio set at fourteen hundred, and then he wouldn't have to worry about listening to <laughs> Christmas. Tr- except for perhaps on some request line Fridays coming up. But yes, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Right. But but what chaps my hide is okay. There's uh, meat companies that you can order from to send gifts to people around the country. And they have, oh, you spend $75, it's free shipping. I thought, well, great. I'm going to do that to three different individuals. Well, the products for their specials are $74.99. It's one cent I saw that yesterday. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so then I thought, well, that's okay. I'm going to do three of them. No, that doesn't count because each one is considered an individual order. So I had shipping on three different ones at seventy four ninety nine. So I called them. I was trying to do it online. I called them up and I said, well, you know, this is, I've got three orders. Oh, no, but what you could do is you could add, like, the sides, maybe the potatoes or the vegetables. And then you can get the free shipping. I said, but that's another $10. And I said, well, what do you think the shipping is going to cost you? It's going to cost the same. So you either spend the seventy four ninety nine plus the shipping, or the seventy four ninety nine and add the vegetables, and then you get the free shipping. <laughs> that is what chaps my heart. Master negotiator, Debbie. <laughs> Always. Didn't, it didn't. I didn't succeed, though. I know. Uh, De- Debbie, here's here's the one thing to remember. There really is no such thing as free shipping. It's built into that cost. They just upsold you. Well. Unfortunately, I figured it was better to give the money to to uh, the product so yep. somebody can get something to eat versus giving it to the post. You're right. There you go. All right, Debbie, we got you. Have a good one. There's Debbie on uh, What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Back to the phones. Patrick is next. Good morning, Patrick. What's chapping your hide? Hey, man. You guys are a bunch of meow mix. I get so tired of you off there just uh, being so nice to the mayor um, Mayor McCheese and, and uh, fridge-hugging Pat Lopez, why don't you flat-out ask him, hey, how come Florida is number one? Why don't we do what Florida does? Tell me specifically why we don't, because that is worth Instead of just panning and going, oh, gosh, you guys are so wonderful for putting masks on it. So I asked Patrick real quick, uh, the last two times I've had the mayor on, 
I brought up other counties in this in the state. I brought up my trip to Minneapolis. I brought up my trip to Iowa, and that they didn't have mask mandates. Then I went over some of the numbers with her. I asked her why. What is that? Why is that not a factor in the decision? How does that impact your criticism? What about Florida? I don't know. I don't care. I didn't. I haven't been to Florida, so I don't know. I brought up Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. Patrick, you're mad that I didn't bring up Florida. Florida's number one. It has been for eight weeks. Okay. What? What? Wait, wait. Is that really what chapter I that I brought up different states and not Florida? Are you kidding me? No, I, just, I mean, I just absolutely, I just absolutely wiped out your criticism, and now you're telling me it's because of Florida. I asked the question you asked me to ask. Okay, what'd she say? She said no. She said that isn't factoring in, essentially. Oh, that sounds great. And you let her hook and said, okay, sounds fine. <laughs> you, know, you, dude, you want to hear something you are not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. You want me to try and change her mind there? You, uh, you, you were wrong. Dude, you quit. Making us do it for no reason. I'm not the mayor. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I have asked the question multiple times. Uh, on this thing, and I've said I'm not, for, and I've also said said on the air I think it's time to get rid of it. Like, what else do you want? I don't get it. I don't know, man. We need to get rid of masks. But yeah, thanks. well, you need to listen closer to the show. Thank you. God, frustrating. People don't get the segment. People don't get the segment. All right, uh, Jeremy Muggle. Jeremy says somebody doesn't get the segment. Chaps are supposed to be lighthearted, incredibly petty. There we go. I'm sorry I got fired up, guys. I I am really sorry. But to come in and say I didn't ask the question that I asked repeatedly, I, am I wrong, guys? Like, tell me if I'm wrong. No, we on, on the specific complaint he's bringing up that he yeah. says, I did not ask, and I was too nice. The, the mayor's last visit here, you were very direct with your questioning. As a matter of fact, we got quite a bit of feedback, both uh, in the newsroom and on the text line, that... Uh, now, she didn't answer the question, no, but, she, but the question was asked. I mean, the, the question wasn't satisfactory, but I'm not no. going to my I'm not going to sit there and try and change her mind on that thing, but I brought it up with her twice. I've said on the air what I think about it. Yep. Yep, you were very direct. I I'm not really concerned about the criticism because he clearly didn't listen to the mayor's answer anyway. So if well, if the, the the criticism was that you didn't bring up a single state that is on the other side of the country, and you brought up everything happening around I think the Omaha state of Nebraska, is a lot more relevant than Florida. Absolutely. To be honest, Douglas County is. Anyway, sorry, that's, uh, that got me out of the chaps mood. That's not time. the segment. Let's get back into God. the chaps mood. All right, back to the phones. I guess. Uh, in fact, I'm Fox kind of says, that color chaps my eye. Uh, all right, back to the phones. Uh, Terry is next. Good morning, Terry. What chaps you had? Some guy that yells on the phone and thinks he's funny when he on this segment is not funny at all. <laughs> I, I, you know, I changed the channel and Jack relaxed a little bit. I agree with the caller about Florida. That I should have brought up Florida. Oh, he that wasn't he me. Hung up, he hung so up, so he didn't let me get back to him. You, you, people are mad. Let me get this straight. People are mad because I brought up Omaha as places not having a mask mandate, Northwest Iowa and Minnesota, all places I had been. Mm-hmm. All places people are more likely mad to go to. I didn't because I know and and the fact that I didn't bring up Florida is some dereliction of duty. Back to the phones. Ben, what chaps your hide? You know, I think those last two callers, if you made a Venn diagram and uh, 
of bad takes and people that think Matt Davison is good at his job would be a perfect circle. But that's not why I called. Uh, no, just my height is something you, you know, there's something disappearing from our community, um, from Memorial Stadium that's really, really starting to bum me out. And that's, uh, you don't see trough urinals anymore. Those are the most efficient way to dispose of urine. And people are, and people think that, oh, no, we got to have these space-age urinals and dividers in between them. But that literally cuts down half the room in the men's room. And what's the main benefit of being a man is faster lines through the bathroom, and they're taking that away. <laughs> it, is an, it is wildly efficient. I went to the Husker game last Friday, and I tell you what, I marveled at it, Ben. It's just an engineering feat of brilliance. You know, it's really just, you know, the, the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. You just got a trough and some water running through it. Ben, put one in your house, you coward. <laughs> I I mean, that's what the four drains for. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Oh, jeez. All right. We're back on track. Let's see. What text? uh, Dave says someone needs to tell Patrick that half the city isn't wearing masks anyway, and nobody cares. That's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) And it's true. Uh, Spike says, I took the bait. Yeah, I probably did. I get get fired up by that, though. Um, Let's see. Some of these good ones here. Uh, Some of these good ones here. Um... Andrew, for chaps, when the Christmas lights that worked fine last year suddenly don't light up, and now you have to scrounge among what is over is left over since everyone apparently bought their lights in October. <laughs> what chaps my hide is the fuse. Okay, so I've had lights that had that happen, and I'm smart enough now that I realize that it probably just blew a fuse, and you can do the little thing on the, the plug-in to replace them. But there are like four different sizes of fuses that are in types of Christmas lights. And the hardware stores have a section of holiday light fuses and just regular fuses. And navigating those while I'm holding a fuse in my hand and trying to compare it to see the size was basically what I spent all of last Sunday doing all over the city. Uh, can I give you a rundown of the Facebook page? Yeah, please. Because we're, we're hitting the end of the segment again two Jeez, weeks in a row. I'm sorry. I, I am sorry I took the bait. I'm uh, so- I wish everybody got the segment. Uh, Mar- <laughs> Martin on the Facebook page says, not becoming a quasi-successful college football coach so I can get a guaranteed contract with a fabulous buyout. Okay. Um, you've got... Uh, Mike says government subsidies to big oil. Sandy says Fox News updates on KLIN. They seem sound leftist. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Angie says liars. That's a pretty. Wait, I gotta get to Midtown. Wait, wait, wait. You gotta, you gotta. The Midtown, Midtown Dave's was great. He says, "Chaps, why the max PSI reading on the side of a car tire is the smallest molding print possible." That is so true. And then every time I go to get my tire filled up, number one in the winter, it's impossible in the city to find one of those things that it works. works yeah. That that's really hard. Number two, the knob always ends up on the bottom right of the top. <laughs> like that saves you so much potential. Butt crack situation if it's on the top. I'm just going to be obvious about it, like clear about it. It's on the top. It's a lot better situation for everyone in the community. Um, so there's a lot of right. hard cut. But he's right. Finding that PSI is so hard. I have my glasses off. I'm trying feeling it with my hands like it's Braille. It's You're trying, yeah, trying to read it with your index finger. Uh, my chap real quick yes. is when we get complaints as the Husker affiliate that we're playing Husker sport, sports on our station. We're the Husker affiliate. We're going to play Husker broadcasts. But you interrupted Larry Elder. 
teeth uh, ends as four drain almost spit out the drink I just took. Man. <laughs> that went a lot of places. Seven. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the morning drive on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, without any further ado, let's get it started with number five. Ronnie Green finally responded to the criticism from the governor as well as some state senators about the uh, critical race theory, the, as they're putting it, uh, the diversity plan of the university. You've read the uh, a couple of the stories. Yeah. Uh, well, he responded in in a kind of an editorial that was published yesterday. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, first of all, the way you the way you said that is part of the the problem here. The governor is saying it's imposing critical race theory on every corner of campus. Ron Green says this is not critical race theory. Right. Okay. So, like, and I don't know that anybody cares what critical race theory actually is at this point. Um, it's just, just, it's defining, just something you don't like related to race. Defining it is not easy, and no, I've, I've never really been able to understand what the issue is. I've read a lot about it, and it's not what people think it is. Um, I don't know that I subscribe to it, but it's just it's just not what people think it is, um, for the most part. But all that said, I, I I guess my biggest thing. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot, but I really wish these two. I think for the 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 best interests of the state, the university, everyone, that these two sit down privately. And and have some discussions about this. And I, I, I understand they're not going to necessarily come to an agreement on everything. But parts of this are... Parts of it are, are based on misunderstanding, it seems like. And, and so if there's a true desire to understand on both sides where the, where the critiques are, um, what the plan really says... What exactly critical race theory does or doesn't have to do with any of it? Sit down, get out of the papers, get out of the get out of this whole thing, and get on the as much of the same page that you can. And if there are disputes about the about the specifics of the policy, okay, if there are legit, I mean, I'm not saying that the the, the policy can't be discussed or or talk about unintended consequences. That that's what happens with any big big initiative at a at a company or a university or anything like that there's debate on the policy but it doesn't have to be this just gigantic culture war fought in the public it really doesn't and i think we all lose when it is we all lose the university lose i mean the 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 last thing that is going to be helpful to this state is to have High-ranking leaders in the state government basically saying, "Well, you know, the leader of our our, our uh, university here in town is is inept and should be fired, and and is basically basically getting to the point that we are becoming a racist university. Like that's a that's a terrible situation. But and, and everybody wants culture yep. wars. I get it. Everybody thrives on culture wars." It's the lifeblood that drives everyone at this, this point. This it's is just not going to have all kinds of cash. This is not a good example of civil discourse. Um, discussion, like you said, would be a, a lot better than this um, public in the media, social media and, uh, and it condemnations. Sounds, and by the way, it sounds like there wasn't great engagement. I mean, the the chancellor admits that there wasn't great engagement with the regents and leadership. And I was there's communication at the beginning. 
We've got some serious communication problems here with these sorts of things. But there's a part of me, but there's a part of me that believes there's also political gain to be had here. Um, and so maybe the communication isn't the only thing that that's important. But nonetheless, man, we have got now we have got ourselves a culture war. Another one, by the way, we had another one a few years ago with regard to the uh, the University of Nebraska. So sit down, sit down, hash it out. Don't tell me about. You like President it. Obama? Sit down, hash it out. What was it? Uh, President Obama did with uh, the one the beer summit. Yeah, the beer summit. Thank you, Mark. There, there it is. Mark wants things to go back to like they were when Obama was president. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Number four. Speaking of chaps, <laughs> um, the COVID-19 risk dial remains being urged for the third week. Uh, risk of spread remains high. Uh, Health Director Pat Lopez yesterday said hospitals continue to struggle with patient loads. Seven-day rolling average of hospitalized COVID-19 patients uh, up to 98 patients on November 18th, 94 at the end of last week. Positivity rate down a little, but still very high, 12.4%. Uh, over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, we had a, a fairly significant increase in the number of cases reported, but testing also was down, so that positivity rate could have been affected uh, by that. Another death reported yesterday, a man in his 40s, 16 total deaths in Lancaster County in November. A lot of statistics in comparison of the number of cases per 100,000 people were also given by Director Lopez. Uh, the best analysis I've seen on that and, and deep dive into it was Matt Olberding's uh, column in the Journal Star this morning. Yeah. By the way, did you know it's lower in Florida? As a matter of fact, I did not know that. <laughs> I actually didn't either. That's the thing. I didn't. I hadn't been paying a lot of a, attention to Florida. Evidently, here's what I here's what hey, I think. We're, prob- we're going to talk about Florida a lot less in the morning than Clay and Buck are no, in the middle. Well, of the I was going to say, is Florida like a big national talking point on this? Is that why this is happening? Is it because DeSantis is a possible yes. presidential yeah, Clay, candidate? Clay Travis loves to talk about Florida. That's what it is. Okay, I, I, I legit didn't. I realized, oh, maybe it's a DeSantis thing, which I don't. I just did not think of it. And I got, and and so again, my question was the mayor's. I've been to Minneapolis, which, by the way, very left-leaning city. <laughs> I've been to Northwest Iowa, very right-leaning community uh, where I was at, and and I've been to Omaha. And none of them had mask mandates. And I, what said the numbers, and I, uh, and I asked the mayor, why is that not factoring in to the decision about the mask mandate? And it wasn't a. a, a I mean. You know, it was, it was a, non- a political answer. It was a non-answer. It was answer. a political answer at, at that point. But I, I, I find it, uh, you know, given what we've just discussed, that the health director came out and actually started giving statistics based on at least one common denominator: yes. cases per one hundred thousand right. population. They're, they're talking about it now. So, so now maybe that door has been opened that they do need to look at why other places. Yes, are. they should be. They, yes. they should. I've said it multiple weeks. And I don't, sorry, and I don't want to bring up this this grudge and this frustration that I've got with that call anymore. I probably should should let it go, but, um, and, and I still, by the way, you heard, I heard some things last week when they were making their announcement they were going to carry the mask mandate over one more month. I think they're thinking, they're starting to think that way too, about the mask mandate. And of it going the, away? Yeah, they're starting to see... That the, the, those questions, I still wouldn't be surprised if it's done after December or before Christmas. 
I wouldn't at all. But well, they'd have to. Well, I guess the mandate does expire on the twenty third. The twenty third. So that would be before Christmas. Yeah. Moving on. Number three. According to another Journal Star story, this one by Margaret Reese, the city is looking at developing a food truck area under the Rosa Parks overpass. All right. That would eventually <laughs> connect with the park at 7th and N. What do you guys think about Caleb's that? fired up. Uh, give me more food trucks. Love food trucks. First of all, Wasted Away and Margaret Reesteville. And there we go. For um. that. <laughs> uh, but food, food trucks are so much fun, especially when you can get food trucks in an area and you can, you can make it kind of an event without really being an event, you know? Can I still park down there for the Haymarket Farmer's Market? Depends on how it's set up, I guess. That is, I mean, you can talk about parking for Nebraska football, you can talk about parking at Trader Joe's and Shields all you want, but until you found a way to get a good parking spot at the Farmer's Market, at the Haymarket, you don't know parking battles. I'm a little surprised that Farmer's Market hasn't um, reached out and just put all the food trucks, ask them to come in for Farmer's Market and just put them back-to-back or, you know, end-to-end out on Canopy Street. Just close that one off. Yeah, maybe they will do something like this. But, yeah, it sounds like so. It sounds like they want to pay. make sure the whole thing is is newly paved. Uh, they're going to put a, what, it sounded like, uh, according to our article, a three-on-three basketball court uh, that's on there or some kind of a basketball court that's down there as well. Red and, yeah, three-on-three basketball court. Red and white lighting, tables, and concrete benches. Well, all Man, I, I can't wait there. to go hit three food trucks and then decide, yep, I, I got next on three on three. <laughs> you got to turn that around. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do it the other way. <laughs> yeah, but actually, it's a good spot because it's covered, right? And it's got a little bit of protection least, from the elements. At least partially covered, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, it's at uh, least partially covered. Uh, but I would strongly encourage whoever develops that, make sure that shore power is available for those food trucks so they don't have to run their individual uh, generators. You know, we need like our generators. Hold on, loud. hold on. You're getting into one of my areas of expertise. I don't know if you know this or not, <laughs> but I used to work for the Game and Parks Commission, oh, and I spent two entire summers installing RV RV electrical uh, stands. Yep, uh, but you, you're going to need something a little bigger for some of these. Uh, their, listen, their, I know how to bring the power. I'll amp it up: 220, 440, 880. Yep. 16, that, 17, that, 20. That way they can keep their, their grills their grills hot and their frozen stuff frozen without running individual generators. No, yeah, they need RV stands, basically. Yeah. Tear up, wire that thing. I don't know, sounds like a cool idea. By the way, if we ever have our Munch Madness party that I've always wanted to have, that might be a good spot to do it. And, you know, if they were really thinking, they would take an above Rosa Parks way, you know, the, the bridge, the overpass there. Well, that's not Rosa Parks where they're talking here. This is the uh, other viaduct, right? Oh, no, this is... I'm sorry. This is Rosa Parks Way. I was talking about O Street. That's what I messed it up on. I was talking about Harris. This yep. is Rosa Parks Way. So this is for... That makes more sense. So okay. this would be further that way under Rosa but, Parks Way. Are they going to put the mosaic over there? What, what they need to do is put raised solar panels over Rosa Parks Way to power the food trucks. Mark Vale for the Obama administration and green energy. All right, coming up next. Well, it makes more sense than putting it out on farmland. <laughs> that's... Move on. Uh, yeah, you can. Okay. You, you, under Rosa Parks Way, so it'll be, that's how they're going to join it with that. They're trying to kind of make park, the, yeah. the downtown continuous, more continuous to the south there as well. But re- regardless, it's still the same thing, protected for the well, elements. It's, and, it's really between, isn't it? 7th and N? That would be... Between that's just south, a block south. Of, yeah. Oh, it eventually is just going to become kind of one. The, the, are we calling it Soto? Soto, South Downtown. 
Soto? No? Okay. I'm just wondering. Big Ten. We need some cool nicknames. I think we're going to do that. Okay. Moving on. Number two. (laughs) Big Ten ACC Challenge underway. Both Nebraska men and women are in action tonight. Husker men are on a four-game winning streak at a 5-1 North Carolina State. 7-0 women and are similarly undefeated Wake Forest. Yeah, think about that with Nebraska ball. Four-game winning streak. Like, if I just asked you, hey, how many games in a row has Nebraska ball won? What's their record? And it feels like they're not... Five and two on a four-game winning streak, you know? Hey, okay, these are big games tonight. These are big games. I mean, if either one of these happens, I'm going to I'm gonna really get... If, it's, if the men win, I'm going to get really back on the bandwagon hard. Mm-hmm. Where I fell off. I mean, I didn't fall off, but my expectations took a big hit after those first, first couple of games. If the Nebraska women go and beat Wake Forest here in this game... We're 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 getting weird with this season. This okay? is a real big test we're for weird. for the for that women's team because they went on the road. They beat Drexel and San Diego out in California for that tournament over the holiday weekend. But now you're going to a Power Five school, undefeated Wake Forest. How do you react as well? You're both seven and zero. Nebraska women. It's the fourth best start in school history. Can you move up and tie for the third best start? In school history, get to eight and zero because I think if you get that win, Nebraska is going to be getting some votes. Looking, looking at should close be. to that, close to that top twenty-five. They're absolutely destroying everyone. Well, they also haven't really played a whole care. lot of anyone except for these last two games out. But what time's the the play-by-play tonight? So men's basketball, you're going to start getting pregame here on KLIN at five fifteen. So no drive time link in this evening. Six fifteen tip there. Women's basketball on B one hundred seven point three tip at six pregame five forty five. Do you know where Jazz Shelley's from? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, I'm from Australia. That is the Let's most... Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. That one. What? Yeah. I sport a crock. Crikey. That's a little better. That's the... Like, are you trying to do the Dublin version <laughs> of Australia? I don't know. I've been doing a lot of things. I'm getting ready. That's infiltrating my... Because i got a lot of Irish to do it leading up to the Northwestern game. But... But... Hey, mate. Why don't we go grab a Foster's? Australian for beer. Maybe number one. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> Some things just should never air. Don't go looking for Chris Cuomo. Well, he's not going to air for a while. Chris Cuomo is. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not going to be on his nightly show at least for a while. Uh, Anderson Cooper subbed last night. He's been suspended indefinitely after transcripts released by the New Yorker's uh, attorney general revealed he had a big role in helping his brother, the ex-governor of New York, navigate past a sexual harassment scandal. CNN said the younger Cuomo did more to help his big bro than he first let on to his bosses. Of course, uh, Governor Cuomo ended up resigning before he could be uh, impeached. Not knowing whether Chris Cuomo was even going to survive this one. Uh, Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not watching any of this cable news crap uh, on any station, but there are obviously some conflict of issue, interest issues there that are going on with that being a major, like, obvious. So they probably should have done this this sooner, but again, in the end, the cable news stuff is really... I mean, are we really... If we're watching cable news, is anybody really, really interested in journalistic integrity? No. Everybody's looking to have their previous beliefs confirmed. That's what cable news is here for. A security blanket to make us all feel good and warm. 
And now it's not going to be, it's just going to be another Anderson, hour of Anderson Cooper doing that, not Chris Cuomo. He's got more time to lift weights, though. He will have more time. He will. He's an attorney. I didn't realize he was He's an attorney. He's an attorney. Me and him are one and two for, I'm going to pass him now on the uh, hottest former attorneys turned media, uh, media moguls. Well, it's going to go above him on the ratings. Play, here. Play Travis might give you a, a run. Play Travis. I said might. He's he's like eighteen. We were we're way ahead. Of him. Okay. All right, seven fifty-five. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, KLIN. All right, eight ten. December is here, and. It's not hard to get into the festive holiday mood when it's going to be like 82 degrees out tomorrow. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we got a little help for you this weekend. Lincoln's Symphony Orchestra is putting on their Deck the Halls concert. Two shows on Sunday. I'm a former MC of this concert, not to brag. Uh, so I know the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, but it's a great show, and it will get. And I don't care if you're, you know, I don't care if you go out and you're wearing cargo shorts. Still, it'll still get you in the holiday mood, and that's kind of what we need right now when the weather isn't really helping us with that. And uh, got a couple of guests today. Uh, of course, friend of the show Barbara Zock joins us right now. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Good morning. Good. I have morning. to tell you. Yes. I am. I am on jet lag. I just came back from Germany yesterday, You're so back. I woke up at about four a.m. And we just decorated our Christmas tree. So I don't care what the weather is outside. I just got into the holiday spirit. You're back. Fantastic. I'm excited. I'm well, welcome back to America. Thank you. Good to be here. You're welcome. I feel like I'm some sort of welcome wagon here for the country. And uh, You're the first person to welcome me back. Good, awesome. That's nice. Uh, and tell us, tell us about our uh, Drew Duncan's our other guest today, Barbara. Why don't you introduce him for you? You'll do a better job than I will. So Drew is a tenor who has been a long, long, long time family member of LSO. He has sung with us on concerts at the Lead Center, at our gala, at private events. And he is joining us. Um, he joined us last year for Deck the Halls when it was a virtual concert only. And we are so excited to have him back for um, a live and in-person concert on Sunday. Very good. Drew, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. By the way, Barb, I watched that. I brought the whole family around the TV during the COVID Christmas, and we watched the uh, the whole Deck the Halls concert last year. But like, I'm really glad you're going to be in person this year. That's I have to good. tell you, it was a very emotional experience for all of us. I think last year, um, it was the first virtual concert that we had done. And for me, I got to watch it with all five of my siblings and my mom um, in all different parts of the country. And we watched it together and we had a text thread going while it was happening. And it was a very special and emotional experience. And for me, it's going to be very special and emotional to be sitting in the lead center on Sunday to watch it in a in a whole different way than it was last year. Drew, you you've worked with the symphony as Barbara Barbara said before. Um, I'm I'm not sure which songs you're, you're singing. You can you can tell us, but I suppose one of the challenges is with singing Christmas songs. Um, people have just heard them so much, right? And it's it's a little bit you know you always want to kind of put your 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 own spin on, on things. And sometimes when you hear a song so many times over and over again, it just feels a little bit rote. How do you avoid that when you get ready for something like this? 
Well, I think that the Deck the Halls concert is a great example of experiencing live music. I mean, I think you can go to any department store or put on your favorite Christmas album to get into the holiday spirit. But when you're hearing a live orchestra and someone singing right in front of you, even last year with the virtual concert, right. um, it was it was a wonderful experience. But when you're in the room where that music is being made, it's just it takes everything to a different level. And especially over the past couple of years, we haven't had those opportunities for live music. Right. So I feel like if if there's anything in your soul that needs a little holiday cheer, this is definitely the way to plug into that. What's that like as a, as a soloist? You've done that before. I'm sure you've you've sang in, in all kinds of situations, but when you've got a live and this time full orchestra backing you as as your accompaniment, what's that feel like compared to any other singing situation? It's um, <clears throat> I don't want to sound biased, but it's the best. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I just love it. Um, it's great. And you can always see people's reactions with it as well in the audience. And that's why all of us do this. This is why we make music is because it's to give it to other people for them to experience it. Um, and what a great thing to feel and experience right now. What is, I don't know if you're singing it or not, but what's your like, what's your go-to favorite holiday song or, or uh, what do you find yourself listening to this time of year? Oh, there's a bunch of things. Oh, Holy Night has always just been yeah. a standard favorite of mine. Um, and luckily, we, we are going to be doing that on the concert as well. And like you were saying before, it's you hear these um, songs or carols like every single year. But um, again, with live performance, it's always different. It's always new. And you're always, you know, from singing it last December to this December, a lot of life has happened during that year, and you get to pour that into it as musicians, and so it's always different. That that note, you know what I'm talking about, that note, oh, night, oh, oh, oh holy night, like that's, uh, I mean, that's the big moment that you're getting ready for, right? Yep. <laughs> I guess it's divine. Jack, <laughs> Jack, do you want to just hop on stage and sing just that note for the concert? Uh, yeah, just point to me. <laughs> Drew just points to me. Point to me when it's your turn. I could nail it. No, actually, Barbara, I was going to ask you, I have a little bit of a, you know, I've been working on some things. I've got a little bit of a cover of uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. That if you need if you need a little filler if you need an opening act entertainment just uh, I have to tell you this might be sacrilege but I love the version of that song from Love Actually where it's like the ten year old girl oh god you know what I'm talking about it's yeah so I think cool. I do my okay Barb uh, can I be honest with you about something yeah my family and I always do this thing we make put together like a Christmas album just of, oh, of yeah. every year we do a playlist of certain songs we've been doing it for years and all the songs my kids are picking have little kids singing in them and I know this sounds like the grinchiest thing to say in the world I can't do any kid I, I, I mean ki my own kids singing cute other people's kids singing on songs okay, I can do without pretty great all right L watch love action again it's it's the cutest and most heart do you do you remember the movie is that the, the hugh grant one that is yes that... and the little boy is in love with this girl and he uh, learns the drum so that he can play in the band when she sings it and there's like 10 stories she, going on at once and, right yeah. and she sings all i want for christmas is you and she points right at him and his heart lights up and then she says and you and you and she points to the rest of the audience and he gets sad again <laughs> 
I'm sorry. It's my favorite moment of the movie. It's sorry. just so cute. The sweet little ten year old crush. Sorry. Mariah's the queen. No one can steal that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna okay, stand, stand on that. Uh Barbara, tell us about the re- the rest of the show a little bit. What can people expect? I know you traditionally have like just a variety of, of stuff at this show and it's uh like I said, not to brag, I've been the MC a couple of times. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And we um you know, we normally have um, dancers from Chase, the Spirit of Dance, and they are hopefully going to be able to join us next year. Um, the Suzuki String Players, same thing. Um, we have a very special thing for Lincoln, um, which is two years ago, we brought a guest conductor. His name is Lucas Walden. Um, just a fabulous conductor. The orchestra had never met him before. They fell in love with him throughout the rehearsals and the concerts, and the audience really also fell in love with him. He couldn't make it here last year because he is from Canada and he couldn't travel yet. Um, so he arrives tomorrow and he will rehearse with the orchestra and we're just so excited to welcome him back. So Lucas has put together a show that has, I think, I don't know, Drew, you can you can back me up on this. I think it has a little something for everyone. Um, it has a, a little bit of like kid-friendly, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, um, something that's really nostalgic for everyone, the, the Christmas song um, for, you know, musical theater fans, we need a little Christmas, um, and we are going to be joined on the second half by Bellissimo, um, the handbell choir. Yes. Which, if you have never... This is one special thing about watching a concert live. You can hear a handbell choir and it sounds so beautiful, but let me tell you, it is fascinating to watch. Yeah. So everybody has a couple of notes in front of them, like bells, each of the bells have a different tone. Um, and then they just ring it when it's that part of the melody. I don't know how they make it so musical. It is, it's just incredible. So you'll see a row of people standing at the back with a table in front of them and a huge array of bells. And then they're just watching that music and watching the conductor and they ring their one bell when it's time. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks it does uh, community to me more like a bell choir. I'd be the guy with one bell who's got like one note to play, and I'm just like counting the measures down and and so nervous. And then I'm a count early, and it ruins the entire song. So it's terrible. I don't know pressure. how they do it. I don't know how they do it. It's a very special kind of musicianship to be able to trust the rest of the group in that way because you're not even singing the full melody. You're just singing one note of that melody. Hey, do you it's know incredible. why they always wear gloves when they do that? Is there a reason for that? I always wonder that. Just to look nice? It's the metal of the bells, actually. Oh. Because you actually use your fingertips for to dance and to do different things with um, the bells to make different sounds. And so because of the metal that's on there and the oil is on your hand. Oh, look at that insight from Drew. That's fantastic. I've always wondered that. Uh, I always thought it was just to make them look really classy or something, but it's it's about the oil on their hands. That's, that's really fascinating. Drew, anything else you want to say about, about the show and just kind of what people can expect from the, the afternoon or night, whichever they go to? I think uh, Barbara hit on the fact that there is such a good variety, um, both orchestrated pieces like Sleigh Ride and some holiday favorites like Oh Holy Night. So um, there's definitely something for everyone. And now that we can all gather and kind of like hear this live uh, holiday music, uh, it's this is a perfect opportunity to uh, be a part of that. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad you're a part of it, Drew. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great show. Oh, and Barbara, by the way, is Sleigh Ride like the Super Bowl for the percussion segment? Because they get to do like oh the horse God. thing and everything, right? But 
they do this thing that it's it's called i think a whip yeah the whip it's two it's two boards that just snap together um but i do think that it's called a whip okay You'll, i'd have to talk to our percussion it sounds like a whip. they have a lot of stuff um and it's just it's one of the most certainly recognizable my little boy will be standing standing on my lap watching the percussion for that piece for sure how do they make the horse whinny thing at the end how oh is that that's the trumpet oh it's a trumpet that's oh. the trumpet um and he I didn't even know um, that. sometimes he even stands up oh. i don't know how they do it but every trumpet player can do it when they're showing their instrument to a kid because it's a very fun sound I did it unintentionally most of the time when I was playing the, uh, the trumpet <laughs> during other parts of the song. It sounded like there was a horse loose in the uh, auditorium. Uh, well, uh, Drew, thanks so much for your time. Have a great show Sunday night. We're uh, looking forward to uh, hearing you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And, Barb, thanks for joining us as well. And, by the way, we have two pair Two pair of uh, uh, tickets we're going to do today. So if you want to text in, just text us in LSO. Uh, by the end of the show, we're going to pick a couple of uh, random people. By the way, I, I do want to note, I see on the website here, uh, every audience member 12 and older must provo- provide proof of vaccination, uh, proof of negative tests taken within the previous 72 hours. Barb, anything else to add to that? No, um, we're... You know, we're just trying to keep everyone safe to the greatest extent possible. So either bring your vaccine card with you or a negative test All taken right. within the previous few days. All right, good. And ha- just a note, there's concerts at 2 p.m. and 6 yes. p.m. Yes. You can choose afternoon or evening. And for the ticket winners, just let them know which concert you'd like to go to. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you, uh, Drew. Thank you, Barb. Have a good show. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good talking with you. There you go. That is Drew Duncan and Barbara Zock, Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. Again, we'll pick two at the end of the show who text us LSO at the Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. We'll take a break. Got to check sports coming up after this with Caleb and John Bishop coming up in about 10 minutes. You're listening to KLIN. Miss a newscast? Get today's top stories sent to your inbox with the daily from KLIN. Sign up for free at KLIN.com. Bree Foster. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Yes, Mr. Bishop joins us again as he does every Wednesday at 8.35. John, are you enjoying the uh, record-setting December weather that we're going to be seeing here the next few like tomorrow is going to be the warmest day in December history in Lincoln, Nebraska. Probably. Funny you say that because I had a dream last night that that you and I were talking about this very subject. Oh, you're dreaming and, about me. And now. I was yeah, I, I dream about you a lot. Um, <laughs> and and I was commenting on oh look at this it's it's seventy degrees and and we we're killing off more time in the cold weather yep. and then you looked down at your watch and said it's only December first so I was I was sad I was I guess I was I, th- I was thinking it was March or something I know it, uh, yeah this, penalty killed the winter but uh, that's true penalty killed the front end but we'll get paid back at the back end there's no doubt about it it's just that everything seems to be shifted shifted back a little bit but yeah nonetheless you can just uh, you can keep your sunscreen out from the Virgin Islands I guess you might want to do that. 
Um, hey, I, I didn't get burned. That's all that matters. Hey, are you like are, are you surprised that there hasn't been sort of more news to this point of the week yet when you were kind of prepping for this this week of shows? As far as like assistant coaches, Just Nebraska, and stuff. yeah. No, I mean, Adrian, big transfer stuff for yeah, Nebraska coaches. Um, I mean, there, you guys I, haven't. We, Caleb and I, you and Josh, you just haven't had a lot of like hard news to talk about yet. It's still all, all kind of speculation. And and part of me is not that surprised yet. It is only Wednesday. I mean, and there's a whole day here. Um, so so really, we have three days left in the week, three work days left, and and I think you know especially on the coaching side of things, uh, you know, with, with the, the moves, I, I still think everybody is still kind of gathering themselves after what happened uh, Monday and Tuesday with Brian Kelly and, <laughs> and Lincoln Riley. And while those moves d- shouldn't directly affect whatever Nebraska is doing, because they're not in the same market, you've got a lot of assistant coaches right now who are kind of out there going, wow, look at this money that's being thrown out there, and, you know, how can I get some of that in my little piece? And and so I think you're having folks right now still kind of, um, you know, kind of reacting or, or absorbing, you know, the magnitude of what has happened, and then also pondering, all right, well, how do I get the best deal for myself, and do I do I necessarily act really quick at this point? So I'm at least at the moment, I'm not I'm not worried. Now I say that, and I just saw a tweet a little bit ago uh, that you know Mickey Joseph is still out recruiting for LSU. I would remind folks though that. Brian Kelly was literally out recruiting for Notre Dame when the story broke that he was going to LSU. So I mean, these things could oh these things gosh. literally could switch on a dime. But as far as like the players are concerned, this is a big decision, especially for a guy like Adrian Martinez, who who may fancy himself playing something at the next level, and 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 like a lot of us we tend to procrastinate major decisions and and while it's only been 3 days after um after the uh the end of the season or 4 days after the end of the season I, it, you know it, it it's not it's not again it's not surprising it is only wednesday and we could end up getting everything in a flurry of information you know, within a very short period yeah, of time. Yeah, it could be next hour. It usually... It could be. Usually the the big news waits till 9.01 when I'm off the air is <laughs> what I've found with news over the over the years. And you make a good point, too, I guess, about Adrian. Like, can he even make a decision before, if he's really torn on this, you almost, like, need to know who the offense, who the coaches are, the position coach. I suppose that stuff is really going to play in, so maybe he waits to say one way or the other until he's had a chance to sit down with all these people. Well, that's true, too, though, you know, I think with Adrian, you know, there's there's such a relationship there, at least that we believe it is there between he and his head coach, that um, while I agree that Martinez would like to know, hey, who's going to be, you know, my coordinator? Who's going to be my position coach? Um, there's also that trust factor there with Scott Frost. That you know, hey, where, whatever direction they're going in, it's going to be in my best interest. I mean, I think Adrian's making his call based on what he's thinking is best for himself, and in his direct conversations with with Scott Frost. Yeah. So maybe it may be linked, but I, I think you know. At the end of the day, if no matter who the offensive coordinator is, if Adrian Martinez is back, he's QB1. So um, 
I don't think that's in any doubt. I think this decision's more based on just what he thinks is best for him right now. And do I want to go through another year of this, or do I want to, you know, make a change and move on? It's, I don't know. It's just that's fascinating if that's true, John. Because you know, a- among the main critiques of Frost, there's there's a few of them, but one of them is that you know he hasn't there there hasn't been development or upgrade at the quarterback position, right? And, yeah. and Adrian's a little polarizing too. I understand, but but that's one of the. I think you would agree that's probably one of the main critiques and sort of this idea of this next chance that Frost has is to go back and change. The, the problems identify the problems that you found in these first four years and and change them I, I mean if you go in with Adrian as QB1 as you said is that I mean is that basically sentencing him right away frost right away to be in behind the eight ball on on that issue specifically like I can't that's almost hard for me to imagine for him to go back in there and and just be the starting quote maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not accepting the reality that that might actually happen well yeah and and my guess is that listen you, you you're gonna have to you got to move on at some point anyway I mean you know whether it's this year next year or some other time they, you know Scott Frost isn't gonna have Adrian Martinez at his side forever and he knows that and he knows the volatility of, of the quarterback position and the other the other X factor here that we haven't even mentioned is the transfer portal and yeah. You know, who might be available uh, from from that side of things. And, and you know, and, and you also just saw what Logan Smothers did for you last week. Um, and and we still have not seen Heinrich Harburg. You also have, you know, Richard Torres, who we presume is still going to be a part of this class. Um, there hasn't been anything to, to change that notion yet. Um, so, yeah, there's just there's so many things in the air right now that. You know, uh, it's it's really hard as as hard as it is for us to figure out what's going to happen next. It's, it's probably even more difficult for for Scott Frost and for his staff to figure out what's going to happen because things are moving so quickly. And today's you know today's roster may not be tomorrow's roster. Yeah. Do you see it as kind of a binary choice between Adrian staying and be the being the quarterback, and the other option is he leaves and you bring in? A, a a transfer quarterback to try and to try and take because I assume a transfer is not coming here to be the the backup right that's not why pe- people are transferring because of the backup somewhere else are those the two scenarios or is there something else here that I'm missing as a realistic scenario in this whole thing yeah I I I don't know I, that's you're, <laughs> you're right though about the transfers because. Most transfers aren't going to leave unless they know they're walking into a situation where they think they can start. You know, this is this is different from basketball, where you know you're you're you know you can you you can get more minutes. You don't necessarily have to be a starter to get enough good minutes uh, to play. You know, in football, especially with the quarterback position, it's it's you know, are you the guy or are you not the guy? And and it takes a special person. To walk into a situation to say, well, I'm I'm willing to compete, uh, and they may all say that, but let's face it: the reason why you got into the portal in the first place is you didn't like your situation, and usually that is tied to playing time or tied to what you perceive maybe your playing time based on the guys that are ahead of you on the depth chart. So, um, yeah, that's that's the tricky thing about the portal is it's it's under a presumption that. 
you know, you're leaving so that you can get more playing time elsewhere. And if, you know, if Martinez does come back, I think that's going to affect, you know, how Nebraska is able to look into the portal if they're looking into the portal for a quarterback um, and, you know, how everything else plays beyond that. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's one or the other, probably, um, with this yeah. whole thing. I'm curious, how, what did Friday do for you and just in terms of your uh, thoughts on how Logan Smothers um, may fit in over the course uh, of the next few years? Uh, you know, it, it was encouraging, you know, uh, now obviously with a lot of, you know, quarterbacks, you, you don't want to, you don't want to read too much into one game, but considering the quality of the opposition and, and you know, the, how well he played, you know, the, the, the overriding concern is he had 23 carries in that game and, 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 which is more than any running back, by the way, had in any one game this year. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that was something that was supposed to be corrected, you know, to have more carries from the running backs. Yet Martinez still led the team in carries overall. And Logan Smothers, despite only playing six games, and if you think about it, he probably played the equivalent of two full games when you factor in Iowa and then the, the roles he played in all of the others. He had the fifth most carries on the team. Jeez. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit torn about using the quarterback in the run game. I like the option of having it because it it forces the defenses to play 11 on 11. But on the other side, you know, there's the risk you run of, you know, the potential for more fumbles, obviously injuries, the durability of that position, which Nebraska has not had the best luck at um, in recent years. Yeah. I I want, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. I, I still want mobility. I still want the ability for the quarterback to get out and run, but I don't want it to become so reliant that you run the risk of doing all of the other stuff. And with Smothers, obviously his biggest strength is his ability to run. I thought he ran the option very well. Um, you know, I thought they gave him, especially in the first half, good safe passes to throw. Um, but, you know, if you're going to take the next step, it's, you know, reading defenses and going through your progressions and, and making some of those tougher throws. And, you know, again, it goes back to how do they want that offense to look, look next year? I, again, I was encouraged by Smothers, but I'm not convinced completely that, oh, absolutely, he's the guy. You plug him in next year and, you know, Nebraska's going to set sail. You know, you, th- you were talking about injuries and, and the need for backups. That, that's an underrated question, or, or at least thought I have in this whole thing, is that you have got to have a backup that you are fully confident that can it, that isn't the starter, but you're fully confident in using if needed. Absolutely, yeah. You got you got to. plural. Yeah. Yes, I mean think back, think back. You know, back through the days of you know uh, in the option offense. You know, you had at one time you had Steve Taylor backed up by uh, Jerry Godowski, yep. backed up by Mickey Joseph. You know, and eventually they all ended up starting at one point. But you know, you you had a you had a line of backups. Now, of course, Nebraska. Even though they ran the quarterback, they still, the running backs, carried most of the load. And you typically had a two-back backfield. Your fullbacks got carries and your eyebacks got carries. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little different now because you're typically not running with, with two-back sets, though Nebraska did show some of that uh, down the stretch, predominantly using receivers in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's not just having a backup, but you really have to have a line of backups. Um, that are ready to go, and that was the magic, really, of 
Nebraska's system is. It didn't change very much from year to year, and you just you know you just kept rolling through, and you had. You had one quarterback following another, following another. Now, can that be sustainable in today's world where you have transfer portal, where you have, you know, more freedom of mobility? I don't know. Um, You have to find the right people. What do you think when when this offensive coordinator and really all the coaching hires come down? And and, and I know um, your position is that you, you know, you thought it wasn't working and, and there should have been a change, but nonetheless, we are where we are at this point. When you look, when you hear who the new hires are, what, what do you, what's your focus going to be on? Is it going to be on, for instance, the type of offense the offensive coordinator in particular is going to bring about? Is it going to be the recruiting prowess? Is it going to be their titles and how exactly they interact with, with Scott Frost in, in being the CEO and those sorts of things? What's going to be, what do you think kind of the focus here is? You are where you are right now. What's the most important thing about these coaching hires and especially the offensive coordinator of those things I mentioned? Well, uh, I think it's it's going to be about how these guys mesh together because chances are it's not like you're going to go out and you know hire a team who's already been together. You're hiring people from all these different backgrounds. You know, you're hiring you know Coach A from Place A, Coach B from Place B, and and it's how those guys all work together in unison, which is why you know it's been interesting to see a lot of the Mickey Joseph stuff. But yet we haven't had any, you know, solid ground or solid evidence of who the offensive coordinator is. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, they don't have a person either that's on the hook or very close to to being announced. And then and that person has been working in concert with Scott Frost to line up the other pieces. But it's going to be how that group works together. I don't think I don't think this offense structurally needs to change. Mm. The problems with Nebraska's offense were not in the structure of the offense, the play calling, the Mm -hmm. play design. It was in the execution. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had better offensive line play this year, the offense looks a lot better. Mm -hmm. If you had, uh, you know, a more of a bell cow running back or you had a, a stud running back, this offense looks a lot better. So I don't think this offense necessarily has to change that much. The X's and O's part of it. The play calling. Well, you I know, agree. The, the, the person calling the plays obviously would be different, but the play calling itself, I don't think there's anything structurally wrong with the offense. So it's, it's, it's in getting the people to come in, to teach the schemes well, to coach it up, to make the guys that are running it better, and that's going to make this thing hum not so much oh we got to we got to erase the chalkboard and go back and we got to redesign and redraw this right. you don't need to do that right that, that's a weird thing well, you and I talked about this on your show on Monday the problem by and large was not play calling right and i know mm-hmm. you're changing your play caller but i don't i think it was the cost of play calling duties where the cost of frost giving his attention there had on other parts of the game right yeah, I mean that that that's basically what it. By the way, final thought here, and I know you probably you probably remember me talking about this or even hearing it from him himself. But if if and when Mickey Joseph gets hired as the offensive coordinator, my dad is going to be screaming from the pearly gates. I hope he teaches them to hold the ball better than he did when he was a running quarterback. <laughs> that was like everyone's dad's take when I was a kid. That my dad was all over Mickey Joseph, and then the uh, and the in the way that he held the ball out, and he was he's asking for a fumble.
<laughs> oh, and his hands are too small. His hands are too small. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Mickey came along at a time. He followed Steve Taylor, who followed Jerry Godowski, who had one of the best individual seasons up until that point any quarterback had had. And then he was the poor guy that had to come behind those two. And, you know, we saw how the 1990 season unraveled at the very yes. end. So, um, yeah, it was <laughs> poor, poor Mickey there. But that, that's the cool thing about this is, isn't it? It is there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, oh, there's Nebraska going back to the Husker well again. But since the since he left. As a player, he's he's been out there. It's right. not like he's been inside the program or anything. He he is an ex Husker, yes, but it, he's he's really someone who's coming from you know a different area. And I know we're being presumptuous here, thinking right. that he's actually going to be hired. But but this isn't one of those. Oh, it's an old home hire that you had to make. Right. This right. isn't a recycled guy. He's been out there, and he's been pretty accomplished at what he has done at other stops. Yeah, you almost forget he's a former Husker to some degree. Just He just hasn't yeah. associated with the program. So, yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, all right, great conversation, John. Hopefully we uh, get some news. We'll be listening this afternoon. Appreciate your time. All right, thanks. There you go. John Bishop, host of 1620 The Zone, our sister stations, unsportsmanlike conduct. Take a break. We'll tell you about our orchestra winners right after this on KLIN. KLIN and Broadcast House are searching for the next account executive to join our dynamic team of media sales professionals. Visit the careers page at KLIN.com for more information and how to apply. NRG Media is an equal opportunity employer. Brittany Foster. All right, Caleb, who are our winners for the symphony tickets? Nikki and Jeff. All right, we'll be so, contacting you we'll by be text. Texting, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Thursday, tomorrow, ticket Thursday, basketball tickets. Grow Lincoln and more. See you then.